Hello and welcome to Worship Mindset, the podcast where we talk about everything worship. I had the privilege of sitting down with Eddie James, where he was able to talk to us about worship and different ministries that he is a part of. If you'd like to catch the video podcast, please go to our YouTube channel, Worship Mindset. I hope this is able to minister to you as much as it was able to minister to me, to every musician, singer, worship leader, or anybody that is a part of a worship service. God bless. What comes to mind to you um, when you hear the word just worship, a worship mindset? What, 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 what comes to your mind when, for someone to have a um, worship mindset? Well, this is a topic that um, I have so given my life to, you know, when it comes to the word worship. So I guess essentially the first time when I hear the word worship, uh, so many comes so many things come to mind but what pops up kind of normally is one of two things either the first time that i believe the word of the lord gives you an expression of someone bringing their worship in a corporate setting which to me is can enable or when you hear the word worship for the first time actually in scripture which is the story of uh abraham uh, and his son Isaac in Genesis. Uh, uh, don't quote me on it now. I think it was around 21st. I don't know. But I, I just know that the first time the word worship is ever used as a word is in conjunction with him bringing his son as a sacrifice. So, yeah. yeah. No, yeah, it's really interesting. I, I, a lot of times worship, for a lot of people, can go directly to a worship service it's yeah. just songs that we're singing it's just yeah. you know the, the the music that is being heard the music the music that's mm. being felt not for you know? me no not for me yeah and, and but I, and like you said it, it it goes it was first connected with an action something that you needed to give up from yourself right you know, from right Abraham, right you know right so i think yeah, i think sometimes we need a refreshing of of because we can fall into that routine right of going mm-hmm. to church and What's worship? It's it's oh, listening to songs, three, four songs before the offering or whatever. Well, we get into what I would call the the expressions or the musical creative expressions of worship, and you could do that and not worship. I mean, you can wow. you can sing, you can clap, you can dance, but if it's not coming from the right place, it's not worship. And to me, you learn that with Cain and Abel. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cain and Abel brought an expression of worship. You know, it was called an offering at that time, right. but it's worship. You bring your offering to the Lord. Um, God wasn't moved by Cain. Yeah, it was, he was moved by uh, Abel, and I believe that that right there teaches you: just because you are expressing something, does not mean God labels it as worship. Yeah. Is it moving Him? Not moving you. You dance, you shout, and what it does for you. I mean, it's cool that, that, that things happen for us. Right. But worship essentially has nothing to do with what you get out of it. It essentially is about the one who you worship. It's about the God you worship. Right. Not about what you get from the God you worship. Right. You already got something from the God you worship. Yeah. He gave you life. He gives you everything. Right. You know, and so you, out of the volume of your relationship with God, are to bring something to him that would move his heart. So in other words, there's, there shouldn't be an expectation of receiving once you're when you give that worship whether whether you receive something or not that's not what it's about it's about having it uh, uh pleasure him having it be uh, uh what the bible calls it a uh, an aroma you know of 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 praise of, of worship. absolutely initially it should be about i love you god 
initially. Yeah. I love you, Jesus, and I'm bringing out of my love for you and worship unto you. That to me is worship in its purest form. I want to move your heart. The joy that I get is what happens in your face when I worship you. I came to bless you. You've already been a blessing to me. The only reason why I have something to give you is right. because you gave it to me. It's already done. You, you did it for me. So right. I'm bringing to you something to move your heart. And I believe uh, that's one of the reasons why I, I, I start when I teach on worship. I start from the first time I see an offering presented. And that's Cain and Abel. It's the first mm -hmm. time. And that gives you two presentations. Which one moves God? Abel's worship moved God. Right. And what I loved about Cain is even though he didn't respond correctly, he had enough discernment to know his worship didn't move God. Mm -hmm. Most people get up and they do worship. I don't even think it crosses their mind. Did God, was he moved? Was Jesus moved by what was done in this room? The question is not how many people shouted. The question is not how many people got a breakthrough. I mean, God would do that bypassing our foolishness and out of his mercy and his grace would touch people mm -hmm. because they came in faith to receive of the Lord. But the question is, when, it, when all of that's done and it's just me and God, was God moved at the worship I brought him? Was he pleased with it? Mm -hmm. And if he wasn't, God, give us the discernment of Cain. Cain was not happy with the idea that God was not blessed with his worship. Now, he handled it wrong, but at least he had enough revelation. Right. At least he was close enough to see God's face and say, ah, this is not what he was wanting. And I, I just never want to get to a place where I've learned this thing. I'm, I'm so churched. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That I, I am not sensitive to his heart. You know? it, it's almost like this, this sense of like autopilot. It's almost like we, we fall into like an autopilot of church, you know, where we can become a callous to what God is doing or what God wants to do, you know, and if we're leading worship or we're playing an instrument or what, whatever it is that we're doing, it can, we, it can bypass us, you know, and we can't, we won't be able to catch what God is doing. Well, it's, it's so easy, man. You, you have to be very deliberate and intentional on fanning the flame of your personal relationship with God yeah. in your heart so that when corporate gatherings come, you're leading from the overflow uh -huh. of your personal, not making the corporate the place of your personal release. Because in that moment, you're, you, are, you should be acting as like a priest. You know, you're mm -hmm. going to God on behalf of the people and you're going to people on behalf of God. So in that moment, there should be you know, what you are needing to do to worship God should not be the focus. But you get so used to your worship expression mainly being corporate when you got the responsibility of the house, the band, the singers, the whatever else has to happen to make that, you know, that moment, you know, a moment that right. at least is a standard of excellence that people can see. Right. You know, you're so caught up in that that the reality is you're not shouting like that in your kitchen. You're not jumping like that in your bedroom. Right. It's not like when you by yourself, you're going after God, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Having Holy Ghost moments. But if you do that consistently, then when you come together with the people on the corporate level, then all they're receiving from you is a, a genuine overflow of what you've been with, with God all week long. And to me, that's when you really are a worship leader. Mm -hmm. To me, worship leader is not 
congregational singing. Worship leading to me is I am an example of pursuit. That doesn't just happen on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That happens every day of the week. When you, if you ever see my life, you see a genuine worshiper, a worshiper that loves him, that chases after him, that goes after him every day, that burns to be with him, that genuinely wants to live for him and to want to have a life consecrated unto him. Because worship is spirit and truth before it becomes a song, it's a life. Before my hands is going up cup corporately, I'm surrendered, I am yielded, I am given. He is my God and I serve him with all my heart and I'm reading his word and I'm wanting to live a holy and life that is unspotted from the world and, and I do that out of a genuine love for him and that's every single day. That's what worshipers do. Mm -hmm. Worshipers, we're not just singers, we're not just musicians or clappers and jumpers. We are life, I mean, we, you know, we are committed, dedicated, in every aspect of our life, we are given to him. And if I am sincerely like that every day, then when, when you see me on a corporate level, then you're seeing the overflow of that kind of passion. And how do you think that translates, for example, a person that's physically not the worship leader, maybe who has the voice to exhort or to be singing or to, let's just say, let's say a guitar player. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what does that what does that look like? What what does the musician's overflow look like as a musician on a platform? I'm so glad we're going here. So I think, unfortunately, that we have lowered the theo theological bar when it comes to musicians. We think worship leaders are people who hold mics, and I think that that is a a biblical. Uh, I don't think that that is biblically accurate. Um, some of the greatest, um, you look at uh, the first king of Israel, King Saul, his anointing was around a band of musicians that the Bible says came from a high place. They didn't, there was no songs. There was just these instruments being played around this future king of Israel. And the Bible says through their instruments, he became another man. Mm -hmm. uh, King Saul later on who out unfortunately begins to go a direction outside of the will of God but when he needed deliverance David didn't come sing David came and played you know um, how many prophets in scripture came needing to release a word and it was an instrument that began to unlock the heavens and release a sound um, I, I, I think that uh, we have um, unfortunately minimized the prophetic powerful gifting on the guitar or the drummer or the keyboard mm -hmm. player yeah. while highlighting yeah. you know the singers and maybe it's because they say words and maybe because of that but sometimes it's not it's, it's not just what is said it's what's on what is said or it's not what is heard it's what's on what is heard. Sometimes it's just a sound. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a sound that opens up something and it calls people to a place of uh, sometimes of celebration, sometimes of repentance, sometimes of just sitting and being in that secret place where you're just soaking in his presence. However the Lord chooses to move, sometimes God allows sound in the room that unlocks what he is wanting in his people. So music is a language. 
-hmm. you know, and, and, and people who are in tune can, can hear and, and sense that. And I think that we should put a demand on the musicians at the same level we put yeah. a demand on the worship leaders, you know, right. on the people who are actually holding the microphones and singing and declaring. I think musicians, uh, and, and that's just unfortunate because we don't do it. And, and so a lot of musicians aren't as given to the, the spiritual aspect of who they are they just are good that's in their good. sound and good in making sure that the band is on point you know right. which i love all of that i'm a musician i love it's all needed. of that yeah you, it, love yeah. all of that but if they could have that plus at a theological understanding of what they contribute i think it would take the worship ex experience you think it'll, it'll unlock something oh different god. in the dimension oh my god if they knew that you're not just carrying the sound but you're a prophet on your own right that you you are there's power there's a power and an anointing on that guitar to do something in the atmosphere that can shift things. I believe it's uh, Jesus talked about how um, that we piped and uh, you did not dance, so we played the, the sorrow song, you did not cry or whatever. But, I, but I, was, I was thinking about that one day and I was thinking about how it didn't say that he, they sang, it just says they released the sound of instruments. Mm -hmm. And the sound that was released was supposed to ignite a response in the hearer. And I thought Jesus even recognizes in uh, the New Testament what the sound, when you are in tune, what it would do that certain sounds should ignite celebration, certain sounds should ignite weeping. You know, there's, there's, there ought to be an ability for the people of God to sense what God is saying, whether someone's in a mic or not. Right. You know, I'm just, I'm just sensitive I'm hearing what the organ player is saying or what the guitar player, God's hand is upon them right now. We're sensing, oh my, something is happening in, in the room and we engage in what God wants to do. Anyway, I just, I just, yeah. it's just the thoughts. But. No, it, it's, it's so yeah. true because if, you use the example of a guitar player. Um, there's been times where even, you know, when the spirit of God is moving, and the sound of a guitar, let's say he go, they go into uh, uh, a solo or something in, in between, it, it can be so powerful. It's happened to me where, you know, I'm in the spirit of God and I'm praying, but I hear that guitar or I hear that individual instrument and it, it's working to, it's, it's, it, there is a unity within the music. There is, there is, a, there is a supernatural sound that is happening oh. from these physical, natural instruments. That is, that is being Mind amplified. Blown. Mind blown. I remember a guitar player, we were in a service, and you've heard that song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Yes. There's something about that name. Yeah. Kings and kingdoms. So you know that. So this guitar player began to play that. Oh, he man. got on his knees weeping, just playing. Still playing. I'm talking about praying, speaking in tongues, playing this song. The house is getting wrecked. I mean, the glory of the Lord is just filling the room as he's just playing the melody wow. of that song. Yeah, nothing fancy, nothing. nothing that, yeah. Not trying to show out, right. not trying to be all, right. just the melody on his knees with tears flowing down his face, speaking in tongues, wow. playing about Jesus. I mean, folk running to the altar, folk getting delivered, folk yeah. getting set free. I mean, the house coming unglued. Yeah. Just, 
there's any musician that's watching this realize that you're more to the body of Christ yeah. than just one who carries an instrument. You carry a sound from heaven, release that in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. So in speaking about that, and we'll, we'll kind of say change subjects after this, but let's say I'm a drummer, and, mm -hmm. I, and I, I do play drums, but as a drummer, how do I, what do I do in my, like, how do I hire the bar myself? How, how does one hire their bar because if you've been doing this for so many years, if you've been playing out of this routine, how do I? How do you get out of out of that? Out of that routine, out of that, uh, just every Sunday, every Wednesday sure, night. Sure, sure. I think there's a couple of things that come to mind when you when you're asking this. One, obviously, as a drummer or any instrument you play, but since you said mm -hmm. drums, you know you want to always, you know, be stretching yourself in your craft. You know, if you can grow. You know, do something you hadn't done before, going air. That's great because the more you know, the more God can breathe upon. Mm -hmm. uh, the more things that happen. But then, once you have practiced what I would call the art of a song or the craft of a song, man, just play. I'll I'll say to mine, play with your eyes closed and play while you're praying in tongues. Play, play. Just start. Just and see where the Holy Ghost takes you. See where your hands go. How you what begin to come out of you and just you know and especially in your private time because you can't mess it up you know and, and, you know you're not in a corporate scenario you're just i would call practicing in a sense the holy spirit moving in your life on the drums just get by yourself and i believe this is what david did on the backside of the desert this is what i think he did yeah. you just get by yourself and you just play just get lost maybe play a click track of a praise break and just Play that, or play, you know, you know, find a uh, something that is just a, you know, just a regular beat or a slope, whatever. But you could you could just release yourself in playing and going after God, and and then when there's a moment, because you got to flow with the Holy Spirit and incorporate. Right. If there's a moment where something comes up and God moves upon you and it's appropriate, step out, you know, yeah, yeah. step out. But but knowing that you've been preparing for it, you right? Know, you've been praying and seeking God and, and um, I think that's how you do it yeah, yeah. no that's awesome that's <laughs> amazing stuff um, so um, you've written a great deal of incredibly anointed songs that are sung throughout so many churches one of the things that I admire me personally I admire about your music is that there's so much content and quality to each song can you share with us a little bit about your writing process and how you prepare your heart and your spirit for this process well, uh, songwriting for me was something that I never sought. Uh, God just, uh, my first song came to me when I was 14 years old, and I didn't even know what to do with it. I just, you know, no one in my family had written songs, and it wasn't around people yeah. who wrote songs. You know, we always sang what we grew up in church doing, or grabbed an album and sang from it, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, these songs just started coming to me. Um, but the one thing that I was, was drilled into me is that you sing the word, you know. You want to be a person who, you know, as the man of God is supposed to preach the word, you know, you sing the word. So the Bible was everything for me. Um, now, you know, I, I, you know, a lot of songs, 90% of my music comes to me either through a dream or through something that is being preached. 
that's how I get music. I don't necessarily sit down and write all the time. Um, they come to me in dreams or I'm, I'm in a service and, and I'm listening to a word and, uh, and then I begin to write the theology of what I'm hearing. Mm. Uh, so then I come to my spirit. Um, and so, um, but I'm a studier of the word of the Lord. I am, um, anyone that's been around me, you know, I have a lot of kids that we've rescued and things that we've done, they'll tell you, A.D. James is in that Bible all the time, you know. I'm, so if I get a theme or something God gives me, I wake up with a song in my spirit, the first thing I do is I go to the scriptures and I begin to just find scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture and put them in a, like a, a, a I guess you can like a spreadsheet, if you will, mm -hmm. of all these passages. And I begin to let that speak to me to fill in whatever spots I need to, I need to get a verse for this. I need to put a hook to this. Yeah. I need to, you know, resource this area with some words. You know, I'm looking for inspiration through the scriptures. I mean, all scripture is God breathed. You know, it's right. my inspiration of God. So that's the greatest inspiration you can yeah. you can go to. You know, yeah. so I start there. You know, I'll start with that. And and um, um, man, I love His Word. And you know, just through a lot of my studies, I go to I. You know, before COVID, I went to Israel every year and sitting down with Messianic uh, Jewish people, learning that they learned Deuteron uh, Genesis to Deuteronomy mm -hmm. as a song. You know, they, they sang it. Yeah. And so that's fascinating to me. Yeah. You know, that made me want to take the whole Bible and write music right. to it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, God, they sing Genesis? They sing Exodus? Right. They sing Leviticus? How do you sing that? <laughs> you know, how do you sing? Yeah. But that's how they, that's how. A lot of their kids learn the word. They yeah. sing it. Um, you know, Paul talks about that. Uh, speaking to yourselves. Let, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Mm -hmm. So he teaches that the way you get the word to dwell in you richly is through singing it. You know, so. That's great. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I grew up in, in a Spanish church almost all my, my whole life. Oh, like, nice. Yeah, like cool. 29, 30 years. So just in the past year, I've been in an English ministry. But I've been able to see firsthand from being in the Spanish church, I mean, singing these songs in Spanish. And then obviously I'm hearing, you know, the, the, the English versions and all mm -hmm. of that. So your music has really transcended like languages wow. and cultures and all of this. One, was that on purpose? And two, like, how how have you seen that I mean, it's just amazing how it's transcended so much, but I don't know, how does that, how is that? Like just tr that seeing that your music has, I mean, just transcended so much. So it's blown me away. I, I was marked. Okay, so I grew up in Arizona. I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona, born and raised. And my first missions trip was to Mexico. Really? What and, part? And uh, Monterey. Okay. Yeah. So I went there and then we went to this, I can't tell you the city, but it's mm -hmm. a village not far from there that okay. was really poor. but. We did some ministry work there, but um, I'm in a city that, you know, and I was maybe 19 years old. Wow. And, you know, I grew up with, you know, around Hispanic culture all my life. Yeah. You know, half of my neighborhood is Hispanic. Yeah. Hispanic, my best friend Gabriel, you know, Spanish. But, yeah. you know, I, uh, but I grew up in a black church and uh -huh. we, we, you know, we just, you know, we didn't think to be bilingual. You know, right. we just did what we did. Yeah. But when I went 
here at this time I was in a, in a more culturally diverse church and and I realized I can sing and they enjoy my music because music is music right but they didn't understand what I was saying so I was like oh, I'm <laughs> sing in Spanish yeah. well, so I learned a couple of songs in Spanish and I could not believe just how my attempt ministered to them you know really just what it did for their heart so that marked me and I said man I, I want to do music in different languages and I had a dream that, that uh, I had all these albums and and it had all of these different uh, languages on like mm -hmm. all these different projects and I knew the Lord was uh, speaking to me through that that yeah. he was going to enable me to have the grace to do that so at my uh, when I went to this church called the river and was a worship pastor there uh, it was uh, a third black, a third Hispanic, and a third white. Um, and we almost every Sunday yeah. had a you know bilingual song. Yeah, you know, and oh, it I was love that. Oh, love that. So. Yeah, <laughs> no, I love that. It's yeah. it's amazing to me how. I mean, really, it doesn't matter what language it is. You know, sometimes, yeah. sometimes even if you don't understand the language, but when they're singing a spirit-filled song, oh, I mean, you the spirit sense. is mm. just—it it oh, just yeah. moves wherever, yeah. wherever there's, you know, yes, they're singing. Yes, sir. Um, <laughs> no, that is awesome. That's I amazing. Um, <clears throat> so, I, I think we were, you were talking about. <coughs> I think you were, we were talking about David and. When he was a king, when he was a king in, in uh, 1 Samuel 24, 24, uh, he talks, he says, uh, there's a merchant who's trying to give him an, uh, his, the offering for him to, to, to offer. And David says, I, I can't, <clears throat> excuse me. He says, I cannot offer something that costs me nothing. Right. right. He says, I, I can't offer something that costs me nothing. So with, with I mean, so many years of, of, of ministry and, 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 and music and such so much anointing, um, what would you say has been some of the things that have cost you in, in your life to be able to reach a, a, a place of, of, I mean, really in surrenderance to God and in doing so much for his kingdom? Oh my. Um, when I, as I consider that question, what comes to my mind um, as an artist and as a writer, I have been given some incredible opportunities to go what I would call mainstream. I mean, uh, uh, not just to leave the church completely and go secular, but in the church to compromise my. Um, the desire for a move of God, altar mm -hmm. call, um, seeing people feel with the Holy Spirit, you know. There are people who would, uh, I mean, you could be a gospel artist or a Christian artist and release Christian content while not operating under a Holy Ghost unction. And the industry is big at that because it's, you know, it's it's sales, it's, it's a business, right? Yeah. So any body of people that believe in Jesus, you want to be able to reach them. But to do that, you want to be all-inclusive. You want to be where you're not 
offensive in any way or or, please. or you want to please so you want to be very doctrinal sensitive you want to be very uh cautious of what you allow to happen in a gathering you know people paying tickets to come and see you or they're paying this and that to come and see you and because of that you want to be very uh you know it's almost like it's not about advancing the kingdom anymore it's about upkeeping the brand you know, it's about making sure that you expand the brand. So get as many people on board because that's going to take business to the next level. You know, right. you got CD sales or now downloads, you know, right, you're yeah. buying CDs. No more, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you want the streams and you want right. the downloads and you want the, you know, you want yeah. that notoriety. You want the YouTube hits, to, you know, right. you want, you know, 30 million views. You want this and that and the other. And, and now that I am against that but not at the cost of what I believe we're supposed to do and that is to advance the kingdom you know to bring people into the knowledge of Jesus Christ and see people really find him and I've had to give a lot of that up over the years I've had to to truly do what I'm called to do along with I have a recovery program that you know um, and it's it's really been the greatest joy of my life, you know, to go to a service, uh, to go to a city, to do what God has called us to do. We release Jesus. Some of the hardest gang members or drug addicts are in in the room or they're the children of somebody in the room. And, and we go rescue them and bring them in. Yeah. And um, I've had, uh, you know, offers on the table to say, you, you can just kind of, give that over to somebody else. Let us take you and do this. Yeah. And Holy Spirit said, I didn't call you to do that. Yeah. You know? And the thing is, I didn't grow up doing a drug, being a drug addict. I didn't, you know, I grew up, uh, and I mean, we weren't, you know, we had poor times, but we weren't, you know, in yeah. that kind of life, you know? Mm. Um, but God's marked me with it, and he's just, it's just in my spirit. You know, so it's, for whatever reason, when I started traveling, that's just what he marked me to do. And yeah. I just, um, um, but I've seen firsthand God take a 12-year heroin addict and turn him to a Holy Ghost field, wow. delivered, set free, and see that one now become a pastor and start recovery programs of their own and rescue people who would be dead today, dead today, if he hadn't physically went and gave to them what was given to him. Uh, man, I'd take that over a Billboard chart any day, bro. I'd take that over a Stella Award, Dove Award. Um, you can't, you can't. Um, but as a writer though, as a producer and writer of music, it has shown me things about Christ. It has shown me things about his grace. It has shown me things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It has shown me things um, up, close and personal that is affected you know why I write you know what I like breakthrough I don't just I've seen it you know I've literally seen walls that are like Jericho in a person's life literally fall you know in a person's life so it's I'm not just writing from a place of well that's a cool passage and yeah that's a cool hook this rhymes this like this yeah. bro I'm looking at this girl who was raped and who was molested and who was 
you know, using her body to purchase heroin and sticking in her. I'm looking at her set free right now. Wow. I'm writing from that perspective. You know, I'm writing from places. And so is it costly? Yeah, because I have to take care of these people. And sometimes it gets crazy. Sometimes it gets yeah. difficult because yeah. they bring their brokenness and they're having to process how to deal with, you know, now that they're sober, more memories that are coming up and what it's, you know, how you process all this. And which to me is why the baptism of the Holy Ghost is so important. It's not just a doctrine for me. It's not just, I grew up talking into, if I didn't have the Holy Ghost, I couldn't do this. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you can't. You know, there's you no way. Yeah. There's no way years of that kind of bondage could be in a person and they can navigate through that without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I just don't get it. I just, mm. you know, for people to even think to make that an option, I'm blown away. Like, but, but that's because I, for me, I see how crucial you know what I'm saying? Yeah. More than just a, a doctrinal debate. I'm looking at, I got an ex bloods, crips, skinhead I live with. <laughs> like, I live with these guys. Yeah. You're going to tell me that this is an, you foolish. You, yeah, okay. Do that all you want to. Yeah. You getting tongues today. You're going to get <laughs> filled with the Holy Ghost today. Let's get this done now. Because yeah. without that, you're going to be trying to do this in your own strength and right. we're going to all fall out. Yeah. You know, there's no yeah. way we could do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. that those things, while they have, it's cost me <clears throat> certain things I could do that could have caused my name to be bigger in a sense. At the end of the day, man, I'm so grateful. Yeah. So. No, that's. Wow. It's just it's it's amazing. It really is. Last question. Um, Am I talking too much? Am I taking? No, no, it's I'm perfect. Sorry. No, oh, keep, no, you, you are, okay. you are totally fine. Don't worry about it. Uh, we got a couple more minutes. Um, last question before we go into some some questions that people okay put, no put in. No problem. So, uh, in the light of everything that is going on in our world around us and in all the uncertainty, uh, could you just minister by speaking a word uh, to those listening to the podcast in search of of bettering themselves and in, in their ministry in the kingdom and and not being tainted with everything that is happening in the world to stay focused and to stay in the purpose that God has for them. I love this. Okay, so first of all, I want the church to know that God knew what the world would be facing when he put us here in this season of history. Um, and speaking especially to uh, probably a, a predominant UPC audience, you have no idea how who you are is so needed for this season of history. Um, like I said, because I deal with kids coming out of drugs and streets and all. In fact, everything that the culture is facing, I either have it in my ministry or it's on its way. You know, confused with their gender, confused mm -hmm. with, you know, who they are and what their identity is, the drugs and all that. And what they, are, what they are is extreme, okay? They are extreme in their darkness. And so um, most people, unfortunately, will look at, uh, you know, I would call the UPC expression of consecration as extreme. But it's what I believe most people who come from the world are looking for. 
there's a there's a whole genre of church that is trying to play it safe and they're trying to you know see how inclusive without being looked upon as um haters or uh uncaring un not open and those that are doing that a lot of people are bypassing it because they just see it as hypocrisy mm -hmm. people who really want Jesus, want a Jesus that takes them out of their darkness, completely out of their brokenness. They want an expression that they can look at and say, that's real. And, and uh, there was a young man that uh, uh, I have in my ministry. His name is Casey. He is case in point in this. He has no Christian Pentecostal background at all. No Christian background at all. Okay. And I took him to, with me, to this church um, in Little Rock, Arkansas, First Man Calls Church. Oh, yeah. And when we went there, uh, it messed him up. Really? Right? <laughs> so they had a camp meeting, and I was listening to, uh, oh, God, I can't believe his name right now. David, but, David Jennings? No, well, he's a guy, the singer. So, oh, okay. So, so not him, the preacher. Oh. Is, uh, I want to say Matthew. So, well, anyway. He preached on being a diehard fan. Matt Tuttle. Matt Tuttle. Matt Tuttle. Bro. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. So I let you know he was he was my PA at the time, and I was letting him listen to this. Now again, he has absolutely no background whatsoever, yeah. but he's come from drug dealing, drug using. Um, him and his stepfather. He basically said his stepfather's life from suicide, hanging like just like mm. a, a dark past, a very dark past. Yeah. When he heard that, he said, "That's the kind of Jesus I want. I want that. I want something so far away from what I have been in. Mm. I want a radical, real life change." And I'm, he's just one of many yeah. that I can say that's like that. And I'm sharing that to say is that there is a need for authenticity, a need for real, genuine, yes. Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm, I'm in this thing and I'm all the way in. I don't wanna be touched by the world. I wanna be unspotted from the world. I wanna be totally given. And you know, I, you know, I believe there's genuine Christians everywhere, but to me there's no one that's expressing that to me in a greater way. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, then, uh, you know, UPC or people who have that like-mindedness, you know. Yeah. And I just want to say we need you. I just want to say the church needs you, that the world needs you. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful. You know, a lot of times when I'm going places, you know, sometimes I'll see some that will come out and, and they'll support. And it means so much to me. But yeah. um, more than me, it's, it's what it's doing to the culture that I know that when I'm helping to rescue them, they see an example. Right. You know, everything, everything I could do to, to sneak them into, you know, yeah. you know what God is doing in, in that camp. I want them to see it because yeah. I want them to be radical. I want them to be radical with their, with their faith. Yeah. I want them to be passionate. And, and unfortunately, we have to call it radical. It should be normal. Yeah. You know, it should be just the way it is. But, mm -hmm. but I want them to be radical with their faith. I want them to see Jesus worth giving everything for. The gang members teach that. The drug dealers teach that. They're radical. They'll steal, mm -hmm. they'll kill, they'll do whatever to be in that world. Then we come to Jesus and it's gotta be just a little yeah. lukewarm, 
passive. You know, no, yeah. man. Mm -mm. So I, I just, I just say, please, guys, don't hide it. Let it go. Yeah. Reveal who you are through what Jesus Christ is through you. I just say, right. We need it. Yeah, we definitely do. Yeah, so the, our whole movement, our our churches, our our communities, they they need it. They need it. If we take, it I home, was so mad that we couldn't do NAYC. Oh my I was goodness! So mad. Oh, you were not the only one. <laughs> and you were ready to go, oh, right, bro? I had my whole crew going. My yeah. whole crew. I would have had 40, 50 people up in there. Oh my! And goodness. I was like, God, wreck them. I know. <laughs> May they never be the same. Oh my gosh! No, we were ready for it. No, it was. <laughs> Oh man. oh man i think for for a minute they said you know what i think we can do it and they went for it and they just got closer they just said ah oh, i just don't think i understand, they, they just, I understand. but no but just the idea uh, of just yeah it was yeah but yeah. hopefully we'll it, it'll 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 happen again and, and then we'll we'll, we'll yes, all sir. be there yes yeah, sir. yeah um okay so uh just to, to finish up um first of all thank you everything we've spoken about everything that you've said that thank you for speaking out from your heart and just being genuine and being open uh, yes, you know that yes, that openness is 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 very much needed. It's very much needed. So I, I appreciate that person, yes, and I know a lot of listeners, a lot of uh, people watching will appreciate that as well. Uh, but okay, so just to uh, finish up, um, let me see here. I'm trying to let me go look at some of the questions that people that people asked. Um, okay, so uh, let me see. Uh, Vanessa H. Janet says, um, I've always wanted to know how Jesus said it came about. <laughs> okay, so, um, so I've heard that scripture all my life growing yeah. up. We sing a kind, of, kind of a song uh, this, around that particular verse. Uh -huh. uh, or that, yeah, it, uh, that Jesus talks about in John. Um, but how it really came about, so I'll, I'm at a church, uh, I was worshiping at a church called The River for about eight years. Mm -hmm. And, um, and uh, he was preaching on the Holy Ghost, you know, being filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and uh, <laughs> that scripture came about in, uh, in the message. Um, and uh, it really was just a moment in the altar, you know, it, we just started having church, you know. And uh, and you know when it gets really good, you know we get to running and yeah, yeah. jumping and you know doing whatever. And uh, um, and years ago when I was younger, I heard uh, uh, an old song uh, that I grabbed that uh, you should have been there when I came through. It's like an old I don't know phrasing of sorts that they would say when I was a kid growing up. Mm -hmm. So I just grabbed that, attached that in that rhythm and in that melody uh -huh. to, uh, you know, the, the inspiration behind this Jesus said the thing. Right. And it just, it just went nuts. Man. Yeah. So basically it was just all spontaneous in right. moment service. Yeah. Wow. That is amazing. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, Jordan Arroyo says, uh, do you need a guitarist anytime soon? <laughs> I went to Bible college with him, amazing yeah. guitarist, but he's asking if you need a guitarist anytime soon. I would definitely keep that in mind. All right, all right. You <laughs> let me know. I'll let him know. All right. <laughs> but those are just two questions from, from the people asking, from the people uh, cool. putting in. But Very cool. Brother Eddie, thank you so much for just allowing 
your time to be here. Uh, it means it means a lot to me. It means a lot to I know a lot of people that have heard your music, and obviously it's anointed. It's given to you by God. But thank you for being. Uh, an instrument uh, and being obedient to 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 his voice and and for you know every, every time you you you're sensitive to the spirit of God I know you're you're a great uh, influencer to a lot of uh, musicians wow. and people that wow. that listen to it and uh, so thank you so much for for just doing this and for really answering my DM <laughs> thank you I, I appreciate it's a pleasure. it thank you for the work you're doing thank you sir I appreciate it we yes, love sir. you so much love you too amen.